0: As we are still in the cleanse phase of 2021, let's talk about how, when, and why we purge. Love it or hate it, keeping everything isn't good for your soul or for your space. Come along with us as we tidy our minds and homes this January.
1: Women face unique challenges from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal
0: stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. So it's like a seasonal thing up here in the Northeast, Chris. I know down in Florida, you guys have literally one wardrobe for your entire lives. Um, But as we change seasons, we often find ourselves up in the Northeast, changing our wardrobes out, um, getting rid of things that don't fit with our mood, our fashion sense of the moment, or whatever it might be, and so today we wanted to talk about that idea of getting rid of things that no longer serve you mentally, but more importantly, like your stuff. I feel like we hold on to a lot of baggage, like physical stuff um, too long, and I'm personally in a space right now where we are packing and moving, and I'm throwing away everything that isn't nailed down or breathing, and it feels good. And that's kind of how this conversation started with the ladies. And we were like, we should share our like tips and tricks on why we purge, how we purge, what we purge, and when we get rid of it. And so that's how we're going to dive into today. And I found this great article I wanted to kick things off with about, it's called the no brainer purge by apartmenttherapy.com. And it's talking about 20 things that you can get rid of without a second thought. And so for those of you out there listening, who are not people who throw stuff away, my husband, if you're listening, this is for you. Um, there are things that you can dip out on immediately that you don't like the emotional attachment to the stack of receipts on your nightstand, that can go, right? And so I love that this was just quick 20 things, coupons, old magazines, expired pantry items, which by the way, I don't do enough. Like how many of you have old baking soda? All of you, everybody. Do you yeah. not? soda um,
2: I make about a thousand cookies every Christmas.
0: So they eat gum.
2: Yeah and that's not hyperbolic. I actually make about a thousand cookies every Christmas so I, uh, I bang through that stuff.
0: I found a can of olives again moving so I'm like getting to the back of those cupboards from like 2015 and I was like oh she ain't good no more I think we should be looking at our spices as well because they go bad even though they're dried so listeners please go and throw away your old oregano she's not doing you any favors anymore on that pizza
1: I don't want us to rabbit hole, but I am gonna do this for my makeup very soon because I feel like that is another thing where if I don't remind myself, I will keep a makeup item for like six years.
0: So that's a great point. And I use Thrive Mascara. We've often offline talked about mascaras. um, And I have started using Thrive about like four, five months ago. They have a monthly subscription service. Now, I don't know if my mascara usage necessitates a monthly update. So I've never signed up for that. But you do need to move on and part with concealer and mascara. Three months is what Julie is suggesting.
2: Mascara three months is like the golden rule because you're putting that on your eyeball and then you're dunking it back in and you're putting it on your eyeball and you're dunking it back in. It's a moist, enclosed environment. Um, Bacteria loves to grow. Eye infections are not fun. Your mascara does not last forever.
0: It does not. But it's also hard to know like with blushes and like I've had powder blushes for years.
2: Do you know about the symbol on the back? Now, so all cosmetics in the US, I don't know if this is international, but in the US, all cosmetics sold will have a little, um, like icon or image on the back that shows you how long they're quote unquote good for after they're opened. Um, so it'll be, it looks like a little jar with a lid, and then it'll say six, 12, 24. Um, The general rule of thumb is powders are usually in that 12 to 24 range, but if there's nothing like crazy in them, if they're not like a cream to powder, or they're not like, oh, this is made with this special like food ingredient and no preservative this and that, or something weird, Powders kind of don't go bad unless right. they smell bad or look weird. Right. Or they're
0: crumbly um, or whatever, gross. Right.
2: And you can always clean the top layer of your powder by scraping it off or wiping it with like rubbing alcohol and letting it dry. Yeah. That's totally fine. Liquids are usually in that six
0: to 12 range. I've definitely had foundation longer than that.
2: Yeah. Oh. Maybe it might be time to move on.
0: Yeah. See, yeah. I will <laughs> These are things that like, as, as someone who loves, I love throwing things away, like love throwing things away. That is not something that I often do. I think a lot of the places though, that we tend to hold on to things is in our closets. Would you guys agree?
3: Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, wow. you're
0: good at letting go of clothes.
3: Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why, but it, I've always been that person that I think if it's not, if I don't remember the last time it was off the hanger, mm. I don't need it anymore. Because and the I think that is partially because I live in Florida, right? Like I do use a lot of the same clothes year round. Like I under, I understand that I have sweaters that are just for like December and January, and then I don't see them again because they go right basket and like up at the top of the closet. Right, but, like tank tops or like t-shirts or something like that. Like if it's just sitting there, I'm like, why is do I not want to wear it? Does it look bad on me? And then I start thinking about it. And it's like, usually if I can think about like a specific shirt and I'm like, oh, I always feel good when I wear this shirt or, or, oh, I've had happy memories in this like dress, like, like whatever it is, then I hold on to it. Also, if some, even if something is like super duper pretty and it looks like trash on me, I'm not
0: keeping it. (laughs) Right. Right. I can grab it. That I love. This is like that Marie Kondo. I know Jen, you've like tuned into that. The Marie Kondo idea of like that emotional spark joy connection to something. And so like, as we're currently purging, like we talk about it's trash. Okay. Like this is trash. Just throw it away. Right.
2: Yeah. So here's the key thing for me, um, Jackie and Krista, you kind of got to it, um, so that like oregano, that's three years old, the can of olives in the back of your pantry, um, the foundation that looked beautiful on your skin, but you've had for six years and is going to give you a rash if you put it on, right? When you have too much stuff, you don't use the things you love, yeah. right? That's my why for, for decluttering. And much like Jackie, I've moved twice in the last 18 months. Um, so if you really want to think about what you don't need, pretend you're moving., mm-hmm. right? I know Chris, you've moved around a couple times. Um, Jen, I think you've moved fairly recently. and a great way is like if I'm not willing to put this in a box and haul it even five miles away, I do not need it now. I do not need it now, but that's gonna leave you with things that, You love and use and appreciate and want to keep more. Yes. It's so good.
0: And so I am willing to pay more for that item that next time, too. Right. So, like, right. You know what I mean? And so I have like tried in my adult years to turn into this quality over quantity mindset where like I would rather have like. Three plush cashmere, amazing sweaters that cost me a little bit more money, but I know that they they fit good, they look good, I can they wear well, right? Like they're going to last, and I'm going to pay the money So it's because I know that. Then have like 15 sweaters I don't wear, mm-hmm. like I okay. and we thought we're talking about that a little bit. Like the old navy t shirt that's going to give me holes has a purpose. It has a purpose in everyone's closet. Like sometimes you just need a black, white, and navy t-shirt that you know you're going to buy every spring because then our pit's going to get yellow because you sweat in it. Like it is what it is. But there are some, and this is where I'm leading to this like idea of this capsule wardrobe that I've like wanted to lean into for years where you, and the email I found about it or the article I found about it was like 37 pieces. So it's 37 capsule pieces that are like really nice staple clothing items and then you flourish in your old navy h&m you know forever 21 like piece of the moments to like keep it fresh but you're always coming back to the black blazer oh geez the black blazer the trench you know like the navy dress like whatever those things are that like carissa has said has sparked joy but i can't get down to 37 pieces
2: You can. Oh my gosh. Do you want to know how you can, Jackie? Yes. Uh, I just had a conversation with a friend about this um, not too long ago. Um, Now this is going to be challenging because I'm going to say this and you're going to say, oh, I don't do it that way. Um, Pack it in a suitcase.
0: Like my favorite things?
2: You're going on a trip for two weeks. Pack a suitcase of what you're bringing. I can almost guarantee you you will put together a capsule wardrobe with a little bit of flair because you're going to say, yeah, you're going to say, I don't want four pairs of jeans. I'm going on a trip for two weeks. I need two pairs of jeans, a light and a dark, my favorite. Right. Right. You're going to say, I don't need six pairs of shoes for two weeks. And maybe you are right. And if you are, and that's your true self, then you should do that. That's the other thing I think that gets to me with like minimalism and tidying and purging and things like that is different people have different levels of importance on different things. And there's no formula, right? If I had a dollar for every article I read, that was like, you do not need a KitchenAid stand mixer. Uh, yes, I do. False. I do. I use it very regularly. I have already disclosed and outed myself that I bake a thousand cookies in December. Um, and if I did not have my KitchenAid stand mixer, my arm would fall off because I'd be holding a hand mixer and stirring Uh, a bowl. I would
0: fight whoever said that you can shred chicken in it. You can do so (laughs) much in a KitchenAid stand mixer. I use mine regularly. My four-year-old knows how to use it. That's how often we use our kitchen. I like it.
2: Yeah, no, I use mine pretty, pretty regularly. Um, I also have, um, a small collection of attachments. So it can like shred cheese and vegetables, it can make ice cream. Um, And those things are things I don't use very often, but when I use them, I'm incredibly grateful to have them. Right. When I want to make ice cream or sorbet or something like that, and I open the box with my ice cream maker and put it in the freezer the night before, and I have like that ritual of getting ready to do it. I'm like, wow, I'm so happy that this is in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that leads me to another point that my friends and I often talk about, and it is unitaskers. So as we have friends who live in Manhattan apartments who have now all upgraded almost, yeah, I think they've all upgraded pandemic point. Um, I had a lot of friends leave apartments in the pandemic and get houses. Um, Did they move
2: to the New Jersey?
0: They did move to the New Jersey. Mm -hmm.
2: Some of them probably bought houses that i tried to buy.
0: Probably. (laughs) Um, But we've for years been talking about this idea of unitaskers. And I think that can translate into multiple facets of your life with like clothing and other things as well. But like, like we do not allow each other to buy something that only does one thing. Like you could probably find something that does that thing and other things. If you're looking to move into this like minimalistic lifestyle, like do, this is gonna be a terrible example, but it's all I can think of at the moment. Like, like the, the veggie, the veggie. Oh, the spiralizer. Yes. Like do, how often am I spiralizing noodles? Is there like a spiralizer slash a shredder slash like, there's gotta be something that I can find that's going to do more than just one thing. And if it only does one thing in my life, like I constantly throwing it away quite frequently. KitchenAid yeah. makes it. Right. See? <laughs> New attachment. The KitchenAid is a solution to all of your problems, it sounds like. TLDR,
2: get a KitchenAid. No. Uh, no, I love that. Um, I do have an exception. Um, and I, so whenever I talk about purging, I like to talk about the exceptions disproportionately mm. because there's this culture of less stuff and minimalism and this and that that almost prescribes like there's a way to do this. And there's not, right? There is not a way. There's your way. And there's your level of what minimalism or less stuff or purging means to you. Um, I have a citrus squeezer. Like one of these guys, right? Yeah, yeah. me too. I can call it a, a multitasker if I consider lemons, limes, and oranges different things. But it really does one thing. I'm not doing anything else with it, right?
0: Fair. Um,
2: but it does its thing
0: really good.
2: It's so but it changed my life.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. Cause like I'm not sticking the fork in the lime and like getting my hands all burnt up with the juices right. the or thing like and the stuff.
0: it oh. into your hand because you're trying to catch the seeds. That's what kills me. And then the seeds in the thing. And then you're like, now a you have to spoon me. out the seed. Yeah.
2: Right. So oh, knowing I- like the value of your unitasker and the ones that have no value, I am all for. All I for. I love that. Um, I, I, um, follow someone on YouTube who says, um, if I can replace it for $20 and I don't use it all the time, I don't need to keep it, which is a good one. Right. There's like more to that. It's like find it in 20 minutes, something else and something else. But like the $20 rule is great. Um, and a lot of times you'll see people who have purged items like this and then need it for a party or something like that. They go Um, to the dollar
0: store and buy it.
2: Dollar store, thrift store, um, or borrow it. Right. Like, guess what? I have all the kitchen eat attachments. When my sister needs a kitchen eat attachment, she doesn't buy one. She calls me and I bring it over. Right. Right. Um, or when I run out of cupcake liners, I text my neighbor, Yeah, right? Or I need that extra like cookie sheet or something like that. Right. Um, well, cookie sheets a terrible example because you know I have as many as fit in my oven. No, I actually have three. Um, okay. I have three large cookie sheets that I use for like mass baking. And then I have one that's probably like a, I don't know, like half sheet size. Um, so like normal size cookie sheet. And then I have two little baby ones. Like, I can list my things to you. I can list them. I can tell you where they are in my kitchen. We moved into a house without a pantry. And I actually still have three empty cabinets in my kitchen.
0: Oh, my God. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Julie you've shared with me before. Cause I was, what was I doing? I was like going through like a jewelry box and I found, Oh, I remember I was going through my jewelry box and I found these gold charms from when, when I was like a kid and I had like this, one of those necklaces, you know, that was like the big loop and you hung all of your, I like had my lacrosse stick and like number one daughter, you know what I mean? Like it was the nineties. And I was like, I don't want these. I will never wear them again, but I feel bad getting rid of them. And so I'm also going through this now, like I have a box of precious moments from when I was like 15 or 13. And like, I don't want to display them. People are like, don't you think Abby will want them? No, I don't think my daughter's gonna want my precious moments, but like maybe I'll keep one for her to be like, this was mommy. I I don't know, I don't know. Um, I'm having a hard time getting rid of them, but I don't want them. And I don't want them to take up square footage in my precious storage space. Like I'm having to make really hard decisions about like, does this make sense in my life? Do I find value in this? Is there an emotional attachment to me? Like, and these are really tough decisions. And Julia, I remember you saying, and I think Carissa, your mom does something like this as well that I'd love to talk more about, but you were like, take a picture of it and like make a book. That to me was like ground. It gave me so, it like was a freedom breaker for me to be like, wow, like I can keep the memory of these items if I really want to, but not the physical space of it in my existence.
2: Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, Also a great thing with uh, kids artwork. A project my sister has undertaken is like, take a picture of it, hang it up for a week and then demote it yeah I think that's a nice way to say it um my mom saved all of that stuff yeah, filing no, cabinet I full hours. of the, the kindergarten like decoupage whole nine yeah. um and I want to know I want to know your mom's solution Carissa however before we do that Jackie I want to reiterate the jewelry concept and the yes. gift concept which is that someone got you that to enjoy Yeah. Um, and love and cherish. And if you don't love and cherish it and enjoy it and like for jewelry or something practical like that, use it and wear it. Um, you can take those things and sell them or have them like melted or have stones removed and replaced and turn them into something that you love. So if your thought was like, I have these great gold, um, charms and I don't know if they have like precious stones in them or anything like that, but you have all this gold and gold has value. Just, I know, exists has value. Yes. Um, why not sell that gold and turn it into something that you will love and treasure and something for Abby also to love and treasure.
0: I, and I'm totally going to be doing this. I, I forgot so that good. it is such a great idea. And like, is instead of like getting like, I'm not going to get rid of it. It's gold. Yeah. But I'm also not doing anything with it now except collecting dust. That is an amazing purge, reuse concept. I love that.
2: Yeah. And you get yourself something classic. Right. It's not the time to like get a trendy, like No, something right. or other, right? Like when my grandmother passed, um, we sold some of her jewelry to a, a trusted jeweler, not just like some guy on the street. Hey, right. You want to work with a jeweler? Um, And then we took some jewelry that she had um, and repurpose the stones into like right-hand rings. Yeah. So we each have one. So my mom has one, I have one, and my sister has one. And It's just it's like, like such it's a such lovely, a beautiful thing.
0: like memory. And it's something you love, it's something you wear. So it like stays in the confines of that minimalistic, like emotional exception, if you will. Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, and it's just like I put it on anything of my grandma, and that's so lovely to me. Um, so Carissa, I'm dying to know about your mom and the cards and the stuff because I have, so my mother taught me, you know, people that you really like that send you a Christmas card with a picture on it, like you should save those because it's a picture of them. And like, it's fun to look back over the years and like see all these pictures of people as they grow up. And like my sister always holds the kid upside down on her card because she has two little ones. So like you go from seeing the one baby upside down, just like two babies upside down. And it's like fun. Um, but the cards, they're just, I don't know, they like multiply every year. I don't know. Like they have babies. Ugh.
3: Yeah. So I used to, I my mom would keep every card um, from like, I mean, even like birthday cards that people gave to me like she would keep them. And then eventually I started, like, I had a nightstand, like next to my bed when, you know, I was a teenager and I graduated high school and I still had all these cards. And even when I got cards throughout college, I'd save all these cards and I would just go home and I'd put them all in this same like nightstand drawer. And then finally, like my mom was just like, I think I'm going to, I've got to start getting rid of the cards I think the ones from like my nanny or my mother or, you know, different people that aren't here anymore. I'm so glad I have those, but I'm going to take a picture of them. And I'm going to read the card in my hands one more time. And then I'm going to get rid of it. And I like, I kind of took that sentiment. And so I went like, it was probably a couple of years after she said that she was going to start doing that. And I did that with my entire nightstand full of cards. And now I'm at the point where, you know, all the Christmas cards that we got last year, um, you know, Josh and I would like read them a couple of times. Like some of them were really funny. We would laugh about them. And I'm like, do you want me to take a picture of this? Especially ones to him. I'm like, do you want to, do you want to remember this? Like, do you want to save it? And he's like, no, I don't want to keep it. I'm like, but do you want to remember it? And he's like, oh, well, this one's like hilarious. And it's from one of my, you know, really good friends. Like, yeah. So I, t- I started like taking pictures of everything. And then I read them all one more time and I threw them in the trash and I didn't feel bad. I like I mean like days after Christmas was over I tossed him and I was cool with it because I took a picture of the one from my grandma from Josh's parents from my mom you know it's just like and then it was okay because I still have it but like just remember I guess like whenever you're about to like get rid of something like a physical item I guess like a photograph or something in someone's handwriting to me like especially like, I think it's really cool when people laminate recipes and stuff like that. Oh my God,
0: I, I'm totally doing that to decorate my new kitchen.
3: I, lo- I love that. And I totally am on board with keeping things like that. Like my mom still has my great aunt's like peach cobbler recipe taped to the inside of the cabinet, you know, like uh, stuff like that. I get it, but it's like all the cards, the things that really accumulate that you don't have gobs and gobs of, like mm. remember it, and toss it.
0: So we've talked a lot about personal items, which I think is awesome, but I know that Jen and I both do something unique, like when you're getting rid of something, because there's also something to be said for the, like, I'm in a good place in my life. I don't need this item and I'm going to donate this item to someone who I know needs this item. Um, And I think there's definitely a time and a place for selling an item and donating an item. Um, And I like draw really strict lines about that and Um, We donate a lot to like our local Goodwill and there's like a green drop, but I also participate in a buy nothing, sell nothing Facebook page locally, which I think is amazing. Now, nobody wants my stuff right now. I don't know why a Foreman grill is not a hot item, but um, I'm trying to leverage my local community in this buy nothing, sell nothing Facebook page instead of uh, like Goodwills and Green Drops right now, just because I feel like there's always a lot of stuff going there, but this is like a very specifically targeted local, like, uh, like I, especially with kids stuff, it's like getting rid of this pack and play. I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna sell it. Like I've given mine to a friend, but you know, if she ever gives it back to me, I'm putting it in this group, knowing that like another family who maybe is can't afford that right now is going to be getting this thing, and so I'm using pages like that. I also have a lot of success with selling some nicer, bigger items, like on the Facebook marketplace. We've done a lot of that over the last nine months preparing to move, but Jen, you also use some unique areas, um, to get rid of your stuff. I feel like.
1: Sort of, yeah. So I actually have a like side vintage business and I guess that's a little bit of like a different mentality where to some people it's like trash is another man's potpourri kind of thing. Um, But I I definitely use that myself to be able to cycle through like houseware items in particular. Um, Like I'll keep it for a little and then I'll like sell it at my shop and then it's kind of like a perpetual like turnaround of things. Um, So I, I really enjoy that. But like vintage things aren't necessarily for everyone. But to me, I like to take an item and really put it on display and appreciate it. I get a little bit of anxiety when I have or I know we all know like the hoarder type who just, they they can't get rid of something. So they have a garage full of boxes of like old things that they keep strictly for the sake that it's like vintage or an antique. I know when my grandparents passed, my parents had an issue like selling or letting go of anything that was my grandparents because it was an antique. And it's almost like someone would offer them, you know, I'll give you 20 bucks for that lamp. And my mom was like, it's an antique, it's 80. I'm like, no one's going to pay $80 for that. Please graciously accept the $20 for this lamp that you were going to have to donate to the Salvation Army. Um, So I think sometimes it's a mentality shift for me, too, to understand that yes, some things are old and rare and should be appreciated, but they're not like they don't in and of themselves hold value. Like we use, like the gold analogy, where that you know, no matter what, like gold has its value. Um, I feel like I
0: personally needed to hear that right now. Thank you.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. And if anything, like we said, the, the idea of like sparking joy with Marie Kondo, we all know what it's like to go out somewhere and find something that we actually really adore at a really reasonable price. And that like lights us up. We just get so excited. I know when I find a weird quirky vintage thing that maybe is a, like a Gen style thing that not everyone would like that I find for $15. I'm like bragging to all my friends about, it. I'm, like posting on my Insta story. I'm so happy that I got this good deal. And if you can pass that joy along to somebody else, it's such a nice feeling. Um, and I think that kind of brings us like us back to something I wanted to mention about a mentality shift, which is a big thing that Marie Kondo talks about where when we go to get rid of something, everyone just has a nature of thinking that we're losing something. And we grieve this loss, whereas instead we could like appreciate the item that's leaving and thank it for how it served us in life. Like we brought up before that old pair of jeans that we've had for like eight years. They're ragged. It's falling apart. You just smile and pick it up in your hands and thank it for all the years that it served you, but understand when it's time to let something go. And not see that as like a sad thing but as a happy thing now you've like created room in your life for something else to come in or you give an item that you're no longer using like you mentioned Jackie to somebody who you know is going to really love it and appreciate it and it's a total game changer for me it was just shifting from this positive notion like oh this is a good thing this is positive from that negative like oh I lost this and it's a rare item that I'll never get again. It's like, who cares? (laughs) You don't need to guilt yourself over these
0: things. Um, I I love that. I really love that. That like, like, honoring, and this is like deeper than like throwing your shit away, but like honoring the emotion of where it served you but understanding how that is you're passing that joy to someone else like that. I love, I think that's why I was able to get rid of all of Abby's baby clothes is because I gave them to a little girl who lives behind us, who we know very well. They're like really good friends of ours. And when she wears them, she runs up to us and is like "Abby's shirt. (laughs) Like she is finding so much joy, this little two-year-old in wearing Abby's clothes that even Abby doesn't get sad, which it's hard for a kid to like, get rid of their things and she's like oh Olivia wore my dress to school today like she is finding the joy in it and so like I like I moms I think and people in general but like it's really hard to get rid of your baby's clothes you're like remember this one time she wore this thing and it's so little. I'm like no I know get it out of here I don't have the emotional space in my soul to maintain 12 Tupperware containers of your clothes any longer I know that these people and that is like I haven't really thought about that with my own stuff or like my grandmother's stuff that I actually have to get rid of in the next few weeks. But I love that, Jen, this idea of like, it gave me such joy and now I'm going to pass this to somebody else. I'm like going to use that too. Like, I, I think that's fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Another thing that I personally do, I know it's not for everyone, but for me, I don't believe in storage beyond like storage for day-to-day used items. So I don't, like, some people have a basement that's just full of boxes and bins. And um, I guess the exception for some people is, like, seasonal decor or something. Yeah. If you like, you like your Christmas items or something like that. But I- or like,
0: seasonal clothes. You're in Pennsylvania. You don't have, like, a Tupperware of, like, winter johns in your basement?
1: No, I don't. I used to. So about three years ago, three, four years ago, when I, like, Marie condoed my whole closet now is a year-round closet. Stop Um, Stop it, It seriously is. I mean, it's still full. It's still full, but I have all year long out, like, all my cardigans. I, I, like, pack, I I move where they are for easier access. Like, I have one dresser where in the winter I put, like, my sweaters in the dresser but then, when I need summer stuff, I'll put my shorts back in that dresser, and then, like on the top of my closet, I'll stick the sweaters. I'm so sweating. Uh, I'm literally uh, started to uh, to anti persper
2: But pers- Jen, like, how you know? liberating is that? It's very nice,
1: and I to me, one of the big reasons I did it was I used to. We all ha- maybe we all reach a stage in our life where we have to stop storing shit in our parents' basements, <laughs> and I moved about two hours away from my folks so a couple years ago when I moved here to Lancaster it was a pain in the ass every time I needed like a season shift happened and I'd be like I need to take four hours today to drive to my folks to get my winter sweaters and then drive back Mm -hmm. and I just got sick of that but I didn't want to rent a really big apartment either and pay for all this extra necessary storage so I am of the mentality of like if I can't fit it in my little closet right here I'm not keeping it. And it it has been liberating and you find workarounds. So like for seasonal decor, I tell everyone I do things that could be easily, like are natural and could be thrown away. So during Halloween I'll put pumpkins and hay bales out or Christmas I'll buy like a nice pine wreath and then I throw it away at the end of the season. Or my girlfriend goes to the dollar store and she buys little like cute dollar store decor items and spends like $15. And then donates it at the end of every holiday season.
0: I like i am feeling away. I'm having um an emotional situation right now. <laughs> it's right. Hard at, it's
1: hard at first, but it actually is fun because every year I get to reinvent the holiday decorations. Like I get to do something different. It's not just the same thing I'm unpacking every That's year. So fun.
0: I have I significant emotional connection to decor. Like this is my grandmother's menorah. I have four that I set out for an unnecessary reason. One I use, one is Abby. So we have two that we use every night during the eight nights Hanukkah. And I have my grandmother's that her brother made that I will never get rid. Like, you know, there are just like, but, I, but to go back to our like I use it. I use it as decoration. It doesn't sit in a box during the holidays. It comes out and it spends its three weeks on the shelf. But I don't use it. I don't light it because I don't want to get it waxy and gross. Like I, it is like a. I don't know. Maybe this is something I should consider not keeping anymore from this conversation. I'll never get rid of it. Just side note. But like this could be one of those things that like maybe I should not have this anymore. It's so about it.
2: So when I um so over the last year when I moved, I moved almost all of my Christmas decorations. I did downsize a little bit, but I stored them in my sister's garage for um about a year. I moved them all. Like I have a I had a lot. I had a lot. Um and I like wasn't ready to move on from them. Right. Um, and then I realized in setting up my Christmas decorations this year that I was leaving a lot kind of on the table, things that were just like staying in bins or boxes or bags. Um, and I felt guilty about not putting them out. Right. And I was like, oh, I have to do more of this. I have to put more out. I have to decorate it was like more. A
0: negative emotional connection to it.
2: Yeah. And once I realized that I was like, you don't need them. You don't need to do more. You do not need to decorate more for Christmas or anything else. Anything that you don't put out. And you don't think you would use next year. Like you're like, "Eh, I don't really love that anymore. Yeah. I put it in a bin and I got rid of it. So I got rid of probably four bins of Christmas decorations this year. Like big. Yeah. I have a lot. I have a lot. Listen, once upon a time, I did two full Christmas trees. Um, But there are some non-negotiables and like some things that I love. Um, Like i have one of my grandma's little um, like Dickens Christmas village houses. So cute. She had the full set.
0: Collector's item set. for sure.
2: Right. Right. Like it's porcelain. It's so nice. We each took right. one. This is like a recurring thing. We each take one. Um, but I have one of those big like two gallon anchor hawking jars. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a big glass like canister type of yeah, jar. Yeah. And you like
0: put ornaments and lights in it. And it's like. Yeah. So door. I put
2: the house in it every year. I put fake snow down. I have some oh, bottle brush yeah. trees. I put my little. Um, it's actually a pub um feels like on brand um so I put the pub in there and then I put the lid on I put a little bow and it can kind of live wherever and like oh this is so it's but that's one little thing um like I can't have a whole village I'm not setting up a village um but like if you if the menorahs are critical for you Jackie if you're like I love these I just like to see them I just like to have them. I like knowing it's there. I like knowing that if next year I want to swap the two that I use for these other two, I can. Or if in five years, Abby's like, Ooh, like look at this pretty like gold one. Can we use this? Right. Right. Then that's something worth keeping. Yeah. And like, whether or not you put it out, whether or not you put it out and use it, whether or not like I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know what the rules are for menorahs, but maybe you're like, oh, I like to set this up on the mantle and just kind of like put it over here with this around it.
0: Like, yeah, so, that, but that is another thing though. Like, I don't do tchotchkes. Who dusts those? I'm not dusting them, I'm not dusting. Like my mom has like, as all moms, I feel like who were moms in the eighties and nineties have like the glass thing. With like the nine hundred, is this was just, just 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 a Jewish mom thing? With like all of the things, like the the vase without the flowers in it, and like oh, like a curio cabinet. Uh thank you. yes. yeah, no, they, Who's yeah, like the Italian that. Yeah. I'm not dusting
2: that. Well, that's why it's in a cabinet, girl. Yeah, I was just gonna say that
1: my family puts it behind glass so there's no dusting.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't uh, no. no.
0: I don't want any of that trash in my house, like. <laughs> I'm very big on wall art, which is a joke right now because there's nothing behind me. Like I like all my walls filled, but I don't want to, I don't want to have to dust anything. Like I don't want anything to have to dust. I don't have to touch it and take it down and put put it back up. Like I don't want to have to do that. I can't.
3: I think I'm on the wall art and more on, I think I'm attached to like glass, like statues and stuff. Like I I do feel like I'm an old woman in that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I am like that too, Chris.
3: (laughs) on my top shelf, in my bookshelf, in my office. Like, yeah. that's the kind of level we're at right now. So I don't know. I'm a trained person. This is why I don't believe a conversation. Damn it.
1: Everyone has different things that bring them joy that don't necessarily have to serve a purpose. And you have to kind of lay the groundwork for your own threshold of what that means. I mean, sometimes, like, I have a whole record like vinyl setup over here. And some people come over and really appreciate that. And others are like, why don't you just use Spotify? And to me, it's very meaningful. I love the being able to pick up these old things, the crackle of the record. But some other people would say, get rid of that. You could minimalize that down to virtual music. Um, But to me, it wouldn't be the same if it was like that.
3: That's I- so what brings it all home, right? Like the whole yeah. point, of everything that we're talking about is like, you should really pay attention to what you prioritize and what matters to you and the things that don't matter that are cluttering and taking up space, get rid of it.
0: Point physically blank. and emotionally. And so I think that we should leave it there. I think both of you like really brought it home for us, but I think 2020 should be a year full of like positive intentional actions that you take in your stuff, in your mind, like in your heart and just like really move forward from this space of like, how, how can we create more joy and, and whether that means keeping something or letting go of it, whether physically, spiritually, metaphysically, whatever it might be, um, I think that's a really strong direction that we're going to encourage you listeners to move in. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of
1: Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe. Click on that thing for instant notification Speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow Voyagers!